Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiecka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiecka. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Whether you're a faithful follower or new to the show, if you want to live your potential, you've come to the right place. Mission Evolution brings the latest knowledge from today's leading experts to help you be all you can be. I'm your host, Golda Wiecka. Today, we have an intriguing topic for you, discovering future human potential. As we struggle with social unrest, polarization, climate change, a pandemic, mass shootings, and war, it's difficult not to wonder what human potential really is. Are we evolving into a more integrated loving species, or are we on the edge of an annihilation? How can we better our chances for evolution while avoiding extinction? What can any one individual do to make a difference during such challenging times? With us this hour to examine evolving human potential is Dr. Anna Luce Smithsman. Anna Luce is a futurist, evolutionary system scientist, and architect, coach, and global catalyst for thrivability. She's the founder and CEO of Earthwise Center. Anna Luce holds a master's degree in law and judicial political sciences from Leiden University, the Netherlands, and received a degree of doctor from Maastricht Sustainability Institute at School of Business and Economics, Maastricht University, the Netherlands. She's the author and co-author of numerous books, including co-authoring with Dr. Jean Houston, the award-winning Future Humans Trilogy and Return of the Avatars. Her website, earthwisecenter.org. Annalise, thank you so much for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thank you so much for having me here. So would you mind telling me, what is an evolutionary systems scientist and architect? (laughs) That's a mouthful, isn't it? (laughs) Well, the idea is to work not just with the systems that we know, but really working with living systems. For example, the the earth itself is a living system, but so are our forests. So is your body is a living system. So it's really working, therefore, with the evolutionary potential within living systems so that we can design (laughs) uh, systems that are much more compatible with life and supportive of our Earth. So so you're saying, let me see if I got this right, that you study living systems, whether they be our physical body or the Earth itself, but then try to develop systems that are compatible with that? That's it, exactly. It's applying, therefore, the kind of what we call the architecture of living systems, the informational patterns of living systems, for example, how are they collaborating, um, how are they co-creative, how do living systems learn and develop, and what can we now learn from that and apply that in the way that we design, for example, our economic systems, our governance systems, our educational systems. So, yeah. so, so are you um, attempting to um, find a way that humans can better relate and cooperate with the systems at hand that nature has? 
Yes, exactly. You can see it as a form of biomimicry as well. I think people are more used to the term biomimicry. So this is an application of that. Then for systems design, because an economy is also a system. A political system like your democracy is also a system but the way that they are designed and coded it often goes very much against the living systems hence also our sustainability crisis now that makes sense to me so basically <laughs> we're re-examining our systems to adjust them so that they're less impactful in a negative way on what nature provides that's it, that's it. Like in nature, there are always boundaries. So in all natural living systems, there are boundaries to the whole system in terms of how much it can grow, expand, diversify. But if we're looking, for example, at our economic systems, it is designed only to have exponential growth. And this exponential growth pattern, we don't see that in nature, except for viruses and bacteria. Well, we've seen what that is, right? <laughs> And we know what viruses and bacteria do when they're growing exponentially, yes? That's it, exactly. So that's not a growth curve that we really want to mimic. But that is currently how the, the main human operation systems are coded. So what are the symptoms in our current systems that indicate this is not working? Oh, for example... This exponential growth thing. Yeah, this exponential growth. Well, first of all, is that we are exceeding what we call planetary boundaries. So we are taking resources from the Earth much faster than that the Earth is able to recover and regenerate. Another one is, of course, that we are using fossil fuels, which is causing an alarming situation with greenhouse gas emissions, global warming, and we're changing the temperature of life on Earth in a very dangerous and, and rapid way. Uh, another way is also that we're seeing if we are harming the biodiversity um, of the living systems, then um, we are harming our planetary health. So we also have more prone, for example, diseases, outbreaks, um, and that's like we've just gone through. So everything is kind of growing out of um, uh, proportion to what's healthy? Yeah. Well, yes, and it, the problem is here that these mechanistic human systems are overtaking, so they're not living in harmony. Imagine that you have a guest in your house who is eating up all the food from your fridge, is taking all resources, uh, and is every time damaging <laughs> your place uh, as this person is living in your house and, in, and is making so much noise and uh, taking up so much space that the inhabitants of your house can't even live in a healthy way together anymore. And that's a little bit the presence of the human species on our Earth. Mm -hmm. So tell us, Annalise, in your opinion, are we evolving into a more integrated loving species or are we on the edge of annihilation? Mm, good question. Well, we could see we see both patterns right now happening. We, we are seeing human behavior that is directly feeding to the a trajectory of collapse of possibilities of extinction. But we're also seeing the rise of humans who are maturing, getting wiser, are collaborating for the solution, standing up for what is right. So I would say we're seeing both patterns and it's really important for each of us, including the listeners here, to ask yourself, which human am I? On what trajectory am I? Am I really contributing to the future of being? future generations or am I part of the pattern of collapse and uh, 
Aren't we all a mixed bag, though? I mean, we all have our sacred cows. It's like we'll do this and this and this and this, maybe recycle, maybe this or that, but we're not going to give up our automobiles. You know, what's it going to take um, away from our individual lifestyles to comply with this? Well, I think that the first thing to what's really important is to realize is that instead of looking at it, of, oh, oh, I don't want to give this up because I'm so used to this, this particular lifestyle, look at it in a different way. And that is to see how can my life really support also the future generations that are coming after me? And what does it mean for our children? Um, and what does it mean? And also to use a little bit less and get creative with resources, for example, rather than always buying more and more and looking also what you can repurpose um, and you know, getting, getting creative with your life so that you're not seeing it as a sacrifice of having to give up. Really also looking how your commitment to a better future um, and, and more, yes. <laughs> so how does this lifestyle impact us as individuals? If it's, if it's negative on everything around us, it also has to be having its negative impact on us as individuals living in this um, consumer way. Well, a lot of people are not happier for it. That, that is one thing that we can see indeed. That, you know, just to have more of everything doesn't mean that we are happier people. Um, so I think, and also the stress, a lot of people feel really trapped in the economic systems. We're seeing that at the moment with a lot of people who are actually wanting to leave the old systems who say, I can't function in that anymore. I don't want to just be a number. I don't want to just work for someone else to make profit over my head. I, I want my life to have meaning. So yes, we see a lot of negative impacts as well as a lot of polarization and division between people. Uh, and a lot of depression, uh, even the right of suicide has gone up a lot more violence. Yeah. So it's like um, we've been sold a bill of goods, like we have been taught that we need more and then I'll be happy when in fact we are become slaves of the very things that we purchase and acquire. Yes, that's very well said. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Our whole system is designed around this. What can an individual do to start shifting personally so that they aren't looking at, oh, what do I have to give up? But rather, like you say, how can I shift to my life to be more rich and at the same time enriching the earth? Well, the first step, and it sounds really basic, but this is also for those of you who are parents, which you can do with your children, is how does life come to you? How does life exist within you when you wake up in the morning the first energy that you're having for your day what are you doing with that creative power draw that source of meaning of purpose of well-being from deep within yourself um, and start to give direction to the way that you uh, really want to express yourself and the gift of life that is yours to share with others and and then get, get really creative I think this is really important when we feel trapped. Um, what happens is that that whole creativity is lost. The, the, the sense of the sense of being able to even brave to be able to have space. So it really starts first of all with how are you being life? How are you showing up? How are you nurturing also the future possibilities that are within you? 
and and how are you responding to the different challenges today to the people that are showing up in your life um yeah so it seems like this introspection that few of us have time for um is required in order to um reframe what's important to us well yes i mean if you are not present within your own awareness then an other program is driving your attention your thoughts your and behaviors <laughs> so you can't change anything in your life unless you were first in contact with yourself you know one thing that i've noticed um is that if we start focusing as individuals on creating a market for something that is sustainable technology will follow and create something that's user friendly rather than you know when i first moved off grid the batteries were oh Okay, and I just purchased a new one. It's like a whole different animal. It's so much more efficient. It's one small one instead of 17 large ones. And um that's because there's more and more people that are interested in living off grid. How can we use this potential to drive what's being provided by our personal uh, approach to it? Mm, I love that question. Why as you just said, it's as you start living it, you are also initiating a different patterning. You're also triggering a different demand on the market. You are showing people that it is possible to live in those ways. And I would say, you know, seek out also collaborate with those people around you who are having similar ideas as that you are having. And indeed always looking for the the different uh technologies but also approaches that are showing that we can live with a more friendly ecological footprint so to say this is a technical term on on our planet um with less amounts on all the different resources so as a system scientist what do you consider the key reasons why you do see us heading towards an for an extinction crisis well there are multiple um trajectories of systemic collapse that are coming together right now and that are putting us on a very very dangerous pathway of course the first the most well known is the climate change the weather extremes that we are seeing look at heat waves now in europe and, and also a belief in the united states as well right and droughts so um the, the pressure on even on resources um even the fertility of the crops that are affected of that so that's that is more the the environmental story but also when resources coming under pressure and people are feeling scared scared of their future um you know people can also become more aggressive um and and start to feel like well <laughs> if if life is going to go that way then why should i care however i do not myself believe that we are going to go extinct. I am one of those people that has great faith in that there is a deeper intelligence in this life on next day. So you're saying you have hope and uh, faith in humankind. I do. I do. You know, if we're looking at humanity, uh, of course this is one of the, the biggest crises that we have yet been faced to face with. But, I believe this is also an, an incredible breakthrough moment for our species to awaken to what it really means to be this collective and not just thinking in terms of how 
own uh, yeah, our own needs, our own desires, our own country, but to really wake up to what it means as a humanity to become stewards with the earth rather than to just using the earth for our own selfish needs. So I see that this truly a, a breakthrough moment, an evolutionary jump time moment for our species. And I see that more and more people are awakening to that possibility and making a stand for that. So I do believe in the goodness of the human heart. <laughs> and I do believe that in crisis moments, and we've seen this also during the COVID crisis, how people were reaching out for each other, how people were creating support systems. So we have seen this, this other impulse of humanity, of goodness, of love and of care. And that is the possibility that I support and nurture. It would seem that when um, when we aren't under the gun, we get complacent and um, settle for the status quo. But when we become under the gun, then it seems like there's two different courts. The ones that are sitting on their case of beans with their assault rifles <laughs> and the ones that are trying to make a difference out there both of which are acting to the outside. Do you see as it needs to be more of an inside job to start out with? Well, it's both, it's both. So first of course, first question to ask yourself when you are in a situation of challenge and stress or even crisis, what does it do with me? How do I choose to respond to this situation? How am I growing my humanity as a result of that? Who do I want to become and who do I need to become to become a required person for this time and not one that just takes us further downhill? So those questions are fundamental. But then it's not about just living that only in our own inner world. And it's also about what action can I take? How can I reach out to other people who, um, who need my support? So you're saying that sitting on the mountain contemplating our navel won't cut it? No, it won't. <laughs> no, this is really the time for conscious actions. <laughs> and, and yeah, not just sitting and meditating. I like that you said conscious action, because in order to take conscious action, don't we have to do the inner work and become somewhat conscious? We do, but sometimes people can get addicted to constantly wanting to improve themselves. <laughs> and I always like to say, also trust that who you are right now is good enough for the actions that are required. So don't get trapped into this belief system that you always have to improve and be better before you can live your evolutionary life. No, wherever you are right now is a starting point and who you are right now is good enough. You know, life trusts you, so can you trust yourself? Beautiful, beautiful message. Well, Annalise, you and I are going to have to take a quick pause. We will return shortly, so don't you go away. This is Mission Evolution, www.missionevolution.org. Hello again. This is Mission Evolution, missionevolution.org. We're dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. With us this hour, discussing evolving human potential is Dr. Annalise Smithsman. Her website, earthwisecenter.org. Annalise, you speak of future potentials and the new cosmology that's emerging about a unified universe. Let's unpack that a little bit. What do you mean by that? 
Mm-hmm. Well, what a lot of the kind of the new science has shown is coming out of evolutionary system sciences, information sciences, also quantum physics. That what we are seeing from an informational perspective. That if you go look at the deeper orders of layers of reality and existence, this is information in what we call unified. Um, so that the way that life itself emerges, grows, evolves. It's much more like a fractal pattern. And that's very different from the early Newtonian mechanistic sciences who thought that everything is just random, that the universe is designed as this grand machine that is held together by these mechanical laws. And what we are now seeing more and more, yeah, it is a great thing. So let me unpack that a little further. <laughs> uh, are you saying that our view used to be kind of mechanistic, like we're a machine, and now we're looking at something a little more organic and interactive? That's right, exactly. Um, so that this perception that, oh, we are all separate uh, and our actions are only in isolation, we'd be seeing more and more that, that that's just a very old dualistic approach. And I think your, your own actions, also your own thoughts, your feelings, your consciousness itself is part of a larger field of life. So if anyone has ever felt really alone, please know <laughs> you're not alone in this universe. You're truly part of a, of a great unity. By the ancient wisdoms, of course, I've always said this, but what we are now seeing more and more is also the science to support that. And what this means, what this time also for outlook of time. So you say we're not alone, but many of us feel very alone, very isolated. Is there something within us, the way we've been conditioned, that has us unable or unable at this time to connect with that unity? Well, it's only an, we're only unable to do so as long as we're giving that belief system power. And it's up to you to either empower that belief system or remove power from that. Uh, look at, let's make it really simple. The air that we are breathing in right now has circulated around the earth. It's, it's been the trees, it's been the clouds. There is, there is really no separation. The water that we are drinking, we are part of a, a vast ecosystem that is alive, but that's also that is aware of us. So. If we feel disconnected from that, ask yourself why, what is that barrier? And go to your heart. Your, your heart wisdom naturally feels that unity. It's often the overthinking of it that causes a sense of distance or selfish. And yet we've been taught to figure things out with our mind and that our heart will lead us astray. How do we shift these generations of conditioning in that direction to listen to the heart? What's it like to listen to the heart? How do you begin? Yeah, well, for me, that's very uh, simple because I, when I was little, I chose not to buy, <laughs> buy into those programs. Uh, you know, and that's because I've always felt very close to nature. So the, the first step, of course, can be as simple as put your hand on your heart and connect with, connect with your body. Start to get a relationship with your body. So rather than thinking that your body is an outward appearance or as if it is a machine, no, your, your body is alive and is expressing you. And within your body, there are all these incredible cells that are working together for your health give gratitude to your body. 
feel how it is to be alive within yourself. Um, and that's the first thing is that it starts also with trust. Trust in this unity that you're part of. Open your mind to, to greater possibilities. Um, sit under the tree uh, and, and, and connect with the tree as a living being. Yeah? Feel, feel the earth and know that uh, the earth is clear. It seems like earth connection is something that we've lost. So many of us live in high rises or apartments and drop downstairs to get into our car and drive our car to work and get out of work on the pavement and go inside to a enclosed air conditioned space or heated space. And we don't have the access to nature. How is that impacting us? Now, a lot, as we've seen, a lot of people are feeling indeed very tired, feel like life is a drag. Um, they don't feel alive, but also I want to emphasize here, even if you are in a high-rise building or in a small flat somewhere, bring nature there, get a plant. <laughs> it can be as simple as that. You can even grow your own vegetables inside your own little apartment. I'm in an apartment right here. I'm having lots of plants outside. So... Yeah, invite nature in. Uh, if you can open the windows and you know, listen to, to the birds. You are nature. It's it's not that we can ever be separate from nature. It's just that we are. When we are living in systems, as we started this conversation, we are living in systems where life has no place, we will feel that we have no place in so how can this new, new cosmology that we've been discussing of the unified universe, how can that impact us as individuals? What does that mean for the individual person? Well, first of all, it's to ask yourself, in what universe do I believe that I'm living? Do I believe that I'm in a universe that is hostile, where I'm alone, where there is no meaning, everything is random? Or, as we see with the new cosmology, do I believe that I'm in a universe that there is a deeper purpose? It has an evolutionary direction. There is a deeper wisdom. This universe is responsive to my thoughts, to my dreams, to my questions. The universe learns with me, and I'm learning with the universe. I'm part of this greater narrative of this unity. So that's what it already means for us, each as individuals. Ask yourself, in what universe are you living? That creates our reality, doesn't it? You know, our belief systems. So, so we can be living alone and in lack in the middle of plenty and unity. That's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If you're shutting down your mind and you're shutting down your heart, you're closing yourself off. When, when you are contracting yourself, then in those places, life cannot enter. And it's in those places then where life cannot enter that we can't renew ourselves as well. And that we feel like we're slowly dying inside. What, what are the symptoms that we can look for that indicates that we're, we're living in an alternate reality that's not serving us? Well, first of all, um, I like to see it in my dreams. Um, so I notice for those of you who are conscious of your dreams, when my dreams are going very dull or very, very dark, I feel there's not much life in there. Then I know that I'm, I'm starting to slip into a different reality. The other one is that we're feeling as if everything is a drag. There is no flow. 
there's no creativity, there's no inspiration, there's little motivation. And also if we are having very negative conversations um, with ourselves, yeah, or if we are believing that we are invincible, we're not listening to the feedback at all, we are chasing after dreams that are actually causing pain in the people around us, but we're not seeing it because we are so pushy in what we are wanting, how we believe we have to be the most successful of everything. It's starting to make compromises to our values and our lives are becoming harmful to those around us. That's another version of living in an alternate reality that's completely decoupled. So these alternate realities that are diametrically opposed to the way life works, they're not sustainable, are they? That's right, they're not. And that's why very often people can feel deep down inside they're not sustainable. So they're afraid it's going to collapse and then they start to invest more in the wrong programs, making it only worse. <laughs> Uh, trying to convince themselves if they put in more effort into that model, then maybe they're going to uh, uh, over overcome uh, all of those obstacles. But sometimes it's not an obstacle. It's a wisdom of our body. It's a wisdom of life telling us, stop, hold, reset, go within, revitalize. Are you on the right trajectory? Yeah. If we're listening to what's going on in the world, not politically so much, but just in general, like the, the planet is kind of screaming right now, as near as I can tell, um, because of the taking much and giving little back. Do we start to have this low-grade anxiety, feeling that something is wrong, but not knowing what? And are we suffering from that collectively? That's a good question. You know, this is having a major impact, especially on children. Also, research has shown that, that a lot of children or younger people are having more nightmares because they, they, they feel afraid. But I always like to seek not just the consequence of such harm, but rather the potential for life to renew itself. I learned this when I was living in Australia and there was a terrible bushfire. And I came to that area a couple of weeks later, where everything, you still see the black ashes everywhere. And then there was this beautiful green sprouts of new life starting to emerge. And that was a powerful moment because I realized that even in my own life, when everything seems to be burning down and breaking down, look for the sprouts. Look for where life finds ways to come back and sometimes come back even stronger. And that is why, that's the source of my hope. So um, we don't know yet how the earth is going to balance herself. But I do believe that our earth is very powerful uh, and also very wise. But we need to work with her in the way that she will seek to balance herself through this. I'm glad you used the example of a devastating fire. Um, we experience those up here. I'm in the Colorado Rocky Mountains, and you know, there's a lot of dead standing, a lot of beetle kill, and people are trying to keep things from catching fire because we have our homes built in there and this and that and the next thing. But one of the things that I've learned and observed is that there is an ongoing cycle that nature does that has to do with destruction and then rebirth. And the rebirth 
if you prevent the destruction, what you're living starts to deteriorate. And the rebirth tends to be very different than what you had been living. How can we apply that to our human condition? See, this is a very important point that you're bringing in now, because in many of these systems that we spoke of before, economic systems that are only geared towards creating more and more and more of everything, they don't have built in the life cycle that something has to break down, be made to compress, be made to, to repurpose. So therefore, they're becoming more destructive. So if you want to work with the power of destruction in a generative, in a positive way in your own life, knowing indeed that that's also part of your creative power, with our creative power, we can also end something, then help, for example, the intention that if there's anything in your in yourself, in your belief systems, in your ways of living that is no more purposeful, allow it to complete. But allow it to complete and to end in a loving and respectful way. It doesn't have to be in such a painful way. Uh, that is really important. So. You can work with that power of destruction. Um, just like when the tree in autumn knows when it's time to drop its leaves and then the leaf uh, becomes compressed for the new growth. What's in yourself uh, do you need to let go of and even let die so that these new sprouts, this new impulse of life within yourself has the resources to be able to come forth and emerge? It's, it's That's beautifully stated because everybody that has anything to do with gardening knows that every season supports different aspects of, of uh, planting and harvest. And if you don't harvest and then compost, the soil next year is depleted and then it's depleted again and then it's depleted again. Aren't we living in a time of um, diminishing returns because we haven't honored destruction? Exactly. That's it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's why we have paradoxically become much more destructive in our behaviors. It's because we haven't given death a place within life. In fact, we've created cultures where we're so afraid of, of death. We're so afraid of ending. We're so afraid of the contraction that is necessary for the energy to be able to regroup, to go within. Very, very good point. Before we run out of time, uh, Anna Lewis, I need to ask you, what is your mission? <laughs> well, it's a big one. Uh, my mission is really to help restore that wholeness and unity between, between worlds. That's a commitment that I've made a long time ago. So it's just to make myself, my life, as useful as it can be so that we can take the evolutionary next step as a species, become a mature and wiser species, know and um, discover how to live in harmony with, with our planets. Uh, and to do this with so much more joy, uh, much more playfulness, much more creativity. Beautiful mission, beautiful mission. And it seems like, you know, the human nature is to be very creative and problem solving, whether we do it with our heart or with our mind. And yet it seems like that's stagnated to a certain extent at this time. How can we shake out of that? Well, for all of you who are listening right now, that starts with each of us. So give permission for that creative evolutionary impulse of life within you to activate right now as you're listening 
and not just allowing it to activate, but allow them to awaken capacities and dreams and ideas within you that you may not even have realized and allow that same potential to revitalize your life, to give your life a new boost <laughs> so that you can truly bring it forth and express it. You know, one of the definitions of insanity that I've heard is doing the same old thing in the same old way and expecting different results. And we've been doing that for quite some time. How can we access our creativity when we've been in such a habit of being on the squirrel wheel, if you will? <laughs> yes, and I agree with that definition. But the first thing is, of course, recognize if you are in that cycle, if you are in that trap, if you are in that behavior, become aware that you are that. Because if you're not realizing that you are even in that pattern, then it's hard to change it. So number one is be aware of that pattern. And then, then number two is you know, take responsibility for your creative power, your focus, your awareness, and your consciousness, and start directing it into new avenues, new ways, new patterns, new behaviors. The power of renewal is within all of us. The power of transformation is within all of us. These are innate capacities because we're part of life. So it's not working them. We've just been convinced we aren't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. As I said before, don't buy into everything that we are, are being told. Yeah. Connected life inside you. There's an incredible wisdom of the entire universe and the cosmos. Uh, that is inside your own being. So start having a relationship with that one first um, before we buy all the stories <laughs> of what we are supposed to believe life is about. Well, Annalise, unfortunately, we're out of time. I can't thank you enough for all you're doing in the world and for coming on the show to share it with us. Thank you so much. And the same to you. <laughs> Our guest this hour has been Dr. Annalise Smithsman a futurist, evolutionary system scientist, and architect, coach, and global catalyst for thrivability. She is co-authored with Dr. Jean Houston, the award-winning Future Human Trilogy and Return of the Avatars. Her website, earthwisecenter.org. This has been Mission Evolution with Gwilda Wiecka. For more information or to enjoy past archived episodes, visit us, www missionevolution.org. Please be sure to join us right here next time as this mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to our rapidly evolving world.